Welcome. This is a podcast where we pull the curtain back on all things business of wellness and intuitive business and talk about the concepts, ideas, and little funky things that don't often get mentioned. And if you're old here, hi, welcome back. We're so happy that you're here. We have a fun one today. I met Maceo actually at your wedding. And yes. yeah, he talks about this in the episode, but I went up to him. I was like, you're Maceo. And he was like, <laughs> uh, way to make me feel so special. But I had binged a bunch of his various forms of content. And I was like, this guy is very special and an independent thinker and creator. I and prolific at that. So it was an honor to be able to speak to him more. Yeah, he's just so smart. And his brain is really fluid. And we talk about that in this episode. He's, I mean, we talk about like nonlinear thinking and how he's so good at that. He's really like acquired that skill or even like leaned into that skill, I would say. And it's been hugely successful for him. Like he's basically made a, a career of just being a, an extremely creative person and has been hired at gigantic companies that you have definitely heard of, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies to like be his creative self, which I think is kind of the dream for anyone who doesn't want to work a nine to five job. So he's he's goals, hashtag goals. Yeah, truly a multi-hyphenate in action. And it's really interesting. This conversation kind of meanders all over the place, but it comes full circle. And I feel like almost exactly an articulation of how he thinks in many ways. Yeah. And one thing that the reason we wanted to talk to Maceo is because he's interested in so many different things. I think it's easy to get caught in this trap, especially as a creative person of pushing in a thousand directions, but only moving one inch or feeling like you're not making progress because you don't really have a system for moving forward. And systems can feel quote unquote, like rigid or too linear. Maceo is such a great example of someone who's figured out how to make systems work for themselves so that he can be like, he can explore to its exponent any direction he wants to go in. And that's why I think he's been so successful as a creative, but also like financially in the work that he does. Yeah, I felt, oh, I just want to go deeper with him on all of these yes. subjects. We just like skim the surface. So hopefully you enjoy and you feel inspired to accept that multi-dimensional, multi-hyphenate aspect of yourself because I definitely left feeling inspired that way. Yeah. And if you do, we have our system spells class coming up on June 18th and 19th, our Notion for Magical Bodies OG course to help you get organized and create systems that work for your squiggly brain. It's an intensive, so it's only over two days as opposed to the usual two-week period. So if you like to binge on Netflix. You're going to love this class. And you can sign up at notionforbaddies.com. And the concepts and frameworks that we teach in this set you up to be able to think flexibly in so many different areas of your life to kind of the point of this conversation with Maceo. So you can succinctly connect different areas of your life and have more time to be creative and do the things that you want to focus on because you set yourself up with systems that create more space to do that. Exactly. I just used our system systems class to create a dashboard for Ethan because he's renovating a house. It's like, okay, let's make this organized because he had like screenshots or receipts and like things stored in the notes app. And it's like, mm, we're not gonna, that's not gonna work. So let's redo this thing. And now he's got this beautiful dashboard where everything is organized and makes sense. And 
he feels so much more accomplished with the project already. It's so cool also in the class to see all of the different dashboards that people create because people get so creative. I love Ariana Mag's personal Rolodex of people, their birthdays, what they like, because I'm so bad at remembering birthdays Like, and I'm not really a gifts person. So it's not the first thing I think of, but Mm -hmm. it just makes like it's important. (laughs) It's important to remember people's birthdays and like what they like and where they live and Mm -hmm. important uh, milestones for them. So that was a a clutch one. And when you join the class, you get access to every template that's been created. So there's well over- It's just insanely valuable. (laughs) Yeah. There's like over 250 templates that have been created by our alumni and this class is going to be really fun. So we'd love to see you in there. With, With that, let's get into the episode. So happy to be talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you start us off with you telling our dear listeners a little bit about you and your creative process and where you're at in life right now. Yeah. So my name is Maceo Paisley and I was actually born Maceo Zarek Keeling III, but I used to wear Paisley ties in high school. (laughs) And then my English teacher used to say, what's up, Paisley? (laughs) And then people started calling me Paisley. And then you add Maceo and Paisley together. It just works really well phonetically. And sort of a nom de guerre. <laughs> I was swearing in my rap music and my grandmother didn't like it. So I, you, I picked a different a pen name so that my grandmother wouldn't have to be affiliated with my swearing in my rap music. That's kind of you. When I was in high school. Thoughtful. <laughs> so thoughtful. Where I am in my creative journey, I think at the bottom, at the top, at the left and the right, I think dancer, designer, thinker, optimist. That's the the four quadrants. And the way that that manifests is sometimes it's a book like this poster here, the Tao of Maceo. Sometimes it's socks. Like there's a pile of clothes. I've designed socks. Sometimes it's fun things like these little mini rugs. And then, you know, other times it's web series on Patreon or consulting or curating at a museum or helping people put on a conference. You know what I mean? Like whatever. But those are the pillars, dance, design, thought, and optimism. And um, between those things, I think there's all kinds of iterations, whether that be art, activism, or entrepreneurship. Those are the, those, that's what I'm about. And those are like my people. You're one of the most impressive people I know. And also like you're so gifted at everything that you touch, which I think is a really unique trait because you're also an autodidact. That's something that I love about you so much is that you kind of like hyper focus on an idea or a concept or fixate on it until you really understand it. And you don't just understand it. You can teach it to someone else and then destroy the concept yourself from the inside out. And that is like true understanding of something. It's not just regurgitating what you've known or what you've read some, but you know, from someone who's maybe smarter than you. And I think that is actually art is like getting inside of a concept and like sort of tearing it apart and making it something new. And so you're the ultimate creative to me because you do that with everything you touch. Awesome. Thank you. Well, that is really humbling. If I could blush, I would. You're also my favorite because you did tell Ethan to lock it, lock, lock it down, down within the first quote. probably 30 seconds of me meeting Maceo. He was like, lock oh, Ethan, it lock it down. down. Like, and, and then yeah. you married us. So you know? Yeah, yeah, it worked. That was great. <laughs> what you described is a process that I just I just call skill acquisition through transferable skills. 
So, you know, skill transference. So I have this poem where I say, I learned how to drive stick from playing the drums. And I learned how to play drums from playing soccer. I learned how to play soccer from tap. And, and that's true. So when I say that I'm a dancer, I started tap dancing and tap dancing helped with the foot dexterity. And then the foot dexterity from tap dancing helped me with soccer. And then that helped with athleticism and all kinds of stuff. And, and then that helped me with the, um, you know, quarter coordination, the left, right coordination and independence required to play the drums. And then I, of course, driving stick is very easy if you already know how to play drums, if you already know the left, you know, the foot coordination from playing soccer, and if you already have that set in from tap. And so when people say, you know, you only name those four things, but you do so much, I think of it as what are the primary skills that I have acquired in my life that allow me to do a bunch of other things, just like I'm, and that's actually where the color block stuff comes from. It's really more of a commentary on what you can do with four basic colors. Oh, I like that analogy. And also, I, to pull it back in layman's terms a little bit, you're really good at learning. And that's actually a skill unto itself to really refine and perfect. And what we're talking about on the podcast right now is the systems and really the practices and habits that allow creatives to do the work that they do and really tap into that most creative flow state. And I can't help but also notice this whiteboard situation behind I'm a squiggly you. brain mother... I don't know what <laughs> yeah. your brain is. Yeah. I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a squiggly brain mofo. What I'm seeing is what looks like potentially a whiteboard or paper with many different drawings. Yeah, they're post-its. Post-its. Oh, okay. And, and the reason is... I couldn't do whiteboard because whiteboard was actually didn't allow me to layer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I use post-its. They're better. And so I do the big post-its because then I can like throw on top. And then what's fun is when you draw over stuff, you can pull it up and then like complete something and like flip it up and down like page turning. Ooh, that's fun. So it's not even just non-linear. It's like also multi-layered because my thinking is multi-layered. Yeah. Do you have spatial synesthesia? Yeah. So the the funny thing about your test that I took when we did our session yeah, was that I thought that I was going to be highest for spatial learning. Yeah. Mm. But I'm actually highest for audio. <gasps> Interesting. Oh, wait. So am I actually. Word. Audio and um, like Doing. writing. Yeah. Is tough. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like 40 audio, hmm. 40 physical or what, what? Like I was actually maybe like 35, 35, you know, whatever. Yeah. 30. It was all like pretty balanced. I don't know what the things are, but I do remember that I was highest for audio. And that was surprising to me, but it makes sense because it's basically like it comes in, I hear it, I feel it, and then I'm moving through the the, the sound. So I need to be doing all this stuff big on my wall mm -hmm. and, I have, and I have to be moving my body. Mm -hmm. And I also like talk to myself and sing songs and do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think the funny thing about that is like my throat chakra is the area where I get the most tightness and where I hold a lot of anxiety. Really? So it's actually like strength, my greatest strength and like my place of greatest vulnerability. That's interesting. I kind of think that learning is more to more dynamic than like the learning tests give, give us credit. I think that there's the first sort of like seed of learning, which for you sounds like you know, auditory, but I think there's metabolization, which is understanding. And that 
is that like the movement or spatial or for Wallace, it's writing things down that you need both. Like just because I hear something doesn't mean that I'm going to like actually understand it, but I might be able to regurgitate it. Yeah. So when you when we talk about learning, that's where I get from my childhood. So I have this thing called the Keeling Manhood Code of Conduct, <laughs> which is why it was important that I tell you my my full birth name. Yes. And in, in the Keeling Manhood Code of Conduct, we have this one code. It's number nine. It's I will train my body and keep it fit to meet all physical challenges. I will prepare my mind to take advantage of all learning opportunities. Mm. And I will eat the word to nourish my soul. And that, that's a that's a spiritual statement about how you intake the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like big on the Bible anymore, but the concept, I actually really like the Bible for like parables. But the point that I got from it is the way that you learn is not just by reading and it's not just by empirical study. You actually have to, like you said, metabolize and like fully ingest the the text and like allow it to get into your bloodstream and all the all the fibers of your being. So I think that's partly why the autodidactism or the self-guided learning works best for me. Yeah. Is because I just haven't found um or wasn't brought up in the kind of school where, you know, that happens. So I, th- that's how I think about it. Would you say you're particularly disciplined? Yes and no. I think that word kind of feel like it has some weightiness to it yeah. and it has some I don't know, like, not that it's pejorative, but I think the way that it has picked up steam. It's like rigid. Yeah. 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 So there's a connotation around it that I don't necessarily identify with, yeah. which is why I said no. Mm-hmm. Because, exactly. you know, language is kind of leaky in the sense that I have to do this thing where I make an assumption about what you mean, what I think you mean, and then respond to that. But what I will say is that in my definition of discipline, yes. Because one, discipline is, in the noun form, a field of study, right? And adherence to that practice or field of study, continued participation, is to be disciplined. Now, am I disciplined in the sense that I hold myself to a strict regimen of that practice? No. I am actually guided more by passions, and so I use that to reverse engineer the discipline that I will pursue. And so I think of it more so, what would I be interested in doing and how can I accomplish what I need to do through the things that I want to do? Because my needs and wants are kind of in a quantum state at all times. We're, 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 our needs are our needs only because we, we want them to be, you know, like food, clothing, shelter are only needs because we want to be alive. You're not wrong. Yeah. So disciple, discipline, student, when you think about like how you teach yourself something, is it like a system, a Maceo system? Like I'm curious because you, there's a lot here, but you also just noted that like a traditional schooling model didn't necessarily support your learning and you're obviously a genius and so good at so many things. So how did you figure out the system that worked for you? Well, Thank you for saying that. I'm not one of those people that will, you know, shy away from a compliment. But uh, <laughs> that's what I like about you. Take it in. Own and it. Yeah, it. Like, yeah, that works. <laughs> so for me, I'll also say that I'm 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 a little bit self-centered. I'm a lot self-centered. And Who there's isn't? a pro and con with that. But one of the pros 
is that I'm very self-aware mm-hmm. and I, because I'm self-oriented, the way that I perceive the world is keenly through my interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm deeply aware of my bias, but that also makes me a visionary in other contexts. And so I had to think about who I am, who I wanted to be and how I wanted to learn first. Whereas other folks are like, give me a system, give me a structure, I will work within it. Right. And so for me, it was like, hmm, why am I failing at algebra? Are the other kids smarter than me? No, but there is a thing that they're able to do or that uh, they are getting that I'm, for whatever reason, not able to do or not getting. So it's not about the environment, because if not, that wouldn't be half the kids in the class passing. Mm-hmm. But there's something about me and the environment. And so I had to think about, well, what is the way that I'm learning algebra? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like sitting in class. My mind wanders. I'm always getting kicked out of class, standing in the hallway. And then when I do all of my homework, I get all 100s on the homework. But then when I go to take the test, I'm not getting A's on the test. So mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of stuff that was happening. And then I started to think about the places where I did well and the places where I didn't do well and just started to lean more into cultivating environments like the ones that I was doing well. And then, you know, I kept growing up and kept getting better at that, kept practicing at that. And now most of my, you know, work in terms of learning and creating is really about context setting. Mm -hmm. hearing a lot of this talk about system spells and wondering what is this? What is that? System spells is our class under the Notion for Magical Bodies universe where we teach you squiggly brained listeners like us how to use systems to help you thrive so you can feel like you have your shit together, which is a really nice way to feel, honestly. A lot of what we teach in this class is about how to set up systems for your business, but it doesn't start and stop there. It can be for any part of your life. And it's really to help you organize and streamline processes in your life that you feel might be holding you back from getting the things done that you want to get done. Exactly. I'm not a naturally organized, clean, tidy, deliberate, disciplined person. I'm just not. I have ADHD. I'm intuitive. I'm really creative. And I'm good at a lot of other things. Organization is not one of them. And in order to run your own business or go do things in the world, you kind of have to be able to follow through, you know? So the whole point of the system spells class is to teach those of us who are not naturally really good at these things, who don't like to use a Google calendar, who've never kept up with a planner in their lives, how to stay on track and actually build systems that work for us in our brains rather than work against us. And we've heard from so many of our alumni that this class has literally changed their lives, which is the highest compliment. So we mentioned that throughout and we actually have a system spells intensive coming up on June 18th and June 19th. Instead of taking the class over two weeks, you'll take it over two days. So if you love to binge on Netflix, or you love to binge this podcast, you will absolutely love our System Spells Intensive. You can sign up at notionforbaddies.com. When you were talking about reverse engineering with passion, what's an example of a creative project that you've been working on recently that you've then, you've reverse engineered it and you've also now created some habits around so that you can essentially complete that or take it from A to Z? I'm really excited about the friend show right now. And and basically I knew that I was passionate about meaningful content 
helping people to realize they're not alone in their feelings and that we need better communication skills if we're going to maintain the kind of society that so many of us advocate for online. Mm -hmm. So my thinking and my passion was coming from a place where there are a lot of us yelling for justice from systems, but in our relationships, we actually don't know how to resolve conflict. Mm -hmm. And we are asking for, you know, transparency from our leadership, but we don't know how to be honest in our relationships. Right. Mm. And, you know, I'm a part of that. I'm included in that. But the, the deal is that that's an ongoing life practice. And so that's the end goal. That's the passion. And then I thought, well, I have this skill set, which is the transferable skills part of it. I have a passion on one side. And then I have this other skill set as a performer, as a communicator, as a spoken word artist, as a dancer. And I say, OK, well, I can use that. But I'm missing this other thing. And what I was missing was the ability to translate as a designer my skill set to a media platform that, that like other people could receive and systematize it. So I was like, okay, I'll take I Love Creatives Adobe Premiere Pro course. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, sitting in the front row ready to go at 8 p.m. every week, even though I was the kind of kid who would skip school because I knew what I was going in to learn. I knew what my end goal was and I was deeply invested in the process of getting there. Mm. So that was also the first time ever in my life I formally took a course for anything that I learned. Wow. Mm, whoa. And the reason I did that wasn't because of the education it offered. It was because there was a community of creators surrounding the course that I would be able to get inspiration and conversation from. Right. You needed the context because you could just... You could Google it. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Or you could fuck around with it and exactly. find out. Yeah. Wait, what's the friend show? The friend show is sort of my response to like the loneliness epidemic and communication failure in our society. So um, you could say that it's 21st century Mr. Rogers with better sneakers. You know? <laughs> I like that pitch. As told by Maceo. And, and the way that I work through it is by... First, getting in touch with my inner child mm. and then speaking to my adult self through that voice. And so the voice is, you know, there's a puppet behind me. He's chilling. <laughs> That's LM. And, you know, this is LM. He's like, hi. <laughs> you know, and so he's here and he's just like me as a kid. And he's like, you know, full of awe and wonder. And he's like very curious. He's like, I think. Melissa's hair is so beautiful. <laughs> He's like distracted and, you know, wondering when we're going to launch an NFT and why is the sky blue and like mom and daddy don't fight like those kinds of things. So when I go to an art fair, I have to talk about a Basquiat painting in language that LM can understand. Mm -hmm. Because if I can do that, then I know that I'm speaking not only to the adult audience, into a place in them that has been perhaps neglected for like the last 20 or 30 or 40 years. And there's something vulnerable about that that makes people feel a little silly. Mm -hmm. um, and that disarming character is what allows me to reach a point in communication that surpasses cognitivity. And that's the, that's the whole point is to actually touch people. But I like that, you know, just <laughs> yeah, uh, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Trojan horse. But I think like your the friend show even is such a good example of 
how you bypass a traditional system that shows it does not work, right? Like we could look at learning and the way that we educate in this country, but like even the way that we talk about the difficult conversations that we've been having over the last two years, like those, they're not really working. (laughs) Like the way that we're having them, it's not really moving the needle. If we look at what's happening at least like geopolitically, right? So we need to find other creative ways, obtuse ways, like paradoxical ways to find this information. And it's not always so linear. In fact, I think most of the time it it has to be nonlinear for people to really like sink into it and understand it. Well, so we're in a, what some people are starting to call post-postmodern era. I call it the meta-modern era. Mm, I I didn't invent that term, but it's it's, uh, one... Uh, that we might start to see more. And that nonlinearity is definitely a feature of that conceptual era. And a large part of that is because we've seen a very particular kind of success with classical modernism and like post-enlightenment thinking where we're like, okay, cool. So we can build pretty much any invention we can imagine, but are we imagining the right inventions to build? Mm No. <laughs> yes yeah. and no. Like we don't know and we just don't think we we don't think 10 steps ahead most of the time especially with technology. We're just like this is cool right now and um let's like triage this this very small problem we have of like I can't get Wendy's delivered to me when I'm high at 10 p.m. at night. Now, oh here here's a way to fix it. Uh, but we don't think about like the larger implications because I I don't think most people have access or permission to be nonlinear and to to like see the potential ripple effect of their actions. And also that's really scary. <laughs> and we also have such a lack of trust right now in so many forms of media and everything has become like a little bit absurdist mm-hmm. in a way because we don't have the trust. Yeah, I think we have a lot of we don't necessarily have all of the language we need, but we don't. Nec- we also don't use it well. There are also tools. We're missing a lot of tools, but where we do have tools, we're often missing practices. And then where we do have practices, we're often missing care. I was talking to a friend just a couple weeks ago, and she was trying to describe a feeling that she was having. And it was all positive stuff. She had moved from one part of the country to another. She was with someone she loved. And I just threw out like, that sounds to me like grief, mm. you know? And she was like, what do you mean? Like, and I was like, you had a life and now you have a different life. And I think you're, I think, I don't know, to me, it just sounds like you're grieving your old life and it's positive grief, mm-hmm. you know? Like when you graduate from college or high school, you still kind of miss things even though you're happy that you're not there anymore and that you worked so hard to graduate. So I, I think of like simple things like that, like being able to name a sensation and then after naming the sensation, being able to have the tools, the practice and a way for caring for ourselves within, within that sensation. Absolutely. Yeah. Nostalgia. That nostalgia is grief. Future nostalgia yeah. we can have too, right? When we're like grieving in the moment that this moment will end or like that things will be mm-hmm. different in, in the future. It's like, yeah, and they, and they should. And like we're working towards them, but we aren't always like allowed that complexity, especially when we can't name it. And we haven't been taught like how to hold to disparate ideas at the same time, which I think a lot of creative people are really good at, right? Like the creative process is incredibly painful sometimes and it's also euphoric. 
they're just two sides of the same coin. That's just what happens when you step into the studio sometimes. I, I think that the key there is to be able to zoom out and see the big picture mm-hmm. and then to be able to zoom in to see the granularity and to continue to have like the alacrity of focus and not just a fixed focus. When you're thinking of kind of balancing those two states of focus and you're feeling stuck on something or you kind of can't make your way through a certain stage in a project or the development of it, how do you solve for that? Because I know you were saying you're quite fluid and you don't have a lot of specific routines maybe or maybe you do i'd be curious yeah oh no i do have rituals Mm, what are those yeah and what are the ones that you use to like move through those blocks as well yeah so what i do first time wise i pay myself first the first thing i do when i wake up is i throw on a speaker and i move and i stretch and i get in my body and i i dance for like 20 minutes and that could either be like legit dancing or it could be like yoga stretching Mm -hmm. yeah even going on a run but that's that's my time before I give anything to the world and that's that's one that's very important that affects everything else you know another thing that I do is I I drink water um kind of slowly at certain moments like uh it's corny because like Marina Abramovich has this whole video about like drinking yeah I was literally (laughs) watching that over the weekend (laughs) and she's like like let it let it just <laughs> I mean it's pretty impressive though what she did to prepare for her show. Oh my gosh, that process is yeah. in, was insane. She paid like trained herself not to pee for 11 hours. I mean, I think the thing that makes it trite is only because of how famous she is, not right. because it wasn't yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the reason the reason she is a celebrity performance artist now is because she was doing wild shit like this in her 20s. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. You know. And so there's that and then when I get stuck, I wait. I'm pr- I just become present. Because I'm actually not that patient of a person. But the good news is I have like a very sensitive mind to stimuli. So all I have to do if I'm stuck is just like wait 15 to 20 seconds. And then I won't be <laughs> preoccupied with waiting anymore. Not even a minute. This will pass. <laughs> yeah, it's like this will pass. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wiggly brain. <laughs> it's already over. Um, yeah. And so, you know, practicing stillness mm-hmm. becomes its own game. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, my dad used to put me in the corner and like say, think about your actions. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is I first started thinking about, he was like, and you know, don't come out and you can t- until you can tell me why. <laughs> and then I, I would like come out of the corner and I would say something like, weird Taoist thing <laughs> and I would I remember saying like dad I did that because I am <laughs> and he's like, like what and I was like I'm never gonna listen to some things you say because I'm just disobedient <laughs> and he was like oh really yeah we're gonna we're gonna see about that but but it was like I had thought about all the possible, like I, I had meditated on my actions and my behaviors and the causes. And I thought about all the possible other options I could have taken. And none of them fit the person I was. None of the people that did anything besides what I did were me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, the reason I did is because of, because of who I am. It's because, because, of, who I, because am. I am. 
Mm-hmm. And I do, I still think that my choices inform my identity and my identity informs my choices in this, like, again, kind of dualistic way. And um, so when, so when I get stuck, I might think about what con- my content diet is, mm-hmm. you know, I might move my body, I might eat something and I'm, and I also wait, I practice stillness. We're taking a quick pause to give you, our dear listener, a discount code for one of our sponsors. We would love to thank Gia for sponsoring QuantumCon, which is the little retreat we did in L.A. at Second Home at the end of April. And we were abundant in Gia. And we got to try their new ginger spritch. Spritch. <laughs> Spritch. Which is delicious. I like all of Gia's flavors. Uh, also, these are obviously non-alcoholic, but they have this sort of big drink that looks so cute and you can mix with anything in this gorgeous bottle. The founder, she came from Glossier, so she's got this just amazing style and sense of branding. And she's also French. So the drink is inspired by the South of France. And I love the ginger spritz. I could drink that every single day, morning, noon, and night. So refreshing. The perfect summer oh. drink. Spritzes are back, but not Aperol spritzes. Apparently, lemon spritzes are the spritz of the summer. But I say G- Gia spritzes. I say I call it Gia because I am not Italian. Gia spritzes are the spritz of the summer. I'm calling it. Gia spritzes. You, dear listener, can get 15% off by using Big Sip Energy at checkout on drinkgia.com with Big Sip Energy at checkout. And have a big spritz summer. Amen. You had me thinking about identity and how it's in... Aurora, Aurora Borealis. How do you say that word? Aurora snake- Borealis. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. The snake like- eating itself. Ouroboros. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like, which one comes first? Like, identity, because it comes from our, our actions, or is it informed by our actions? Or, yeah. And I feel like identity is just changing constantly all the time. And it comes from the what's around us, like the context of what's around us. Yeah, I mean, I I think identity, you know, a third of my book is on identity and I didn't even crack the surface. Identity is, is a moment. It's an instant. It's like one hand on the clock. And then choice is what is the action that moves the hand on the clock. But because we are in a universe of movement, the clock is going to move even if we don't. So choosing is partially inherent. And so agency comes from, that's why I say care. It's, it's the direction of our focus. It is the guidance of our attention and it is, and it's driven by our interest and what we long for and what we're afraid of, all that stuff. And that changes by the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you just have to wait like 15 seconds. You're right. Hey, listen, this yeah. is just archetypes, man. We're all, we embody every archetype infinitely and just wait a second. It'll pass. You need a new one. No, but I think that's so valuable because we're constantly taught to be in motion and in action and everything around us, especially I feel like the content diet that most of us live unconsciously, if it's unconscious, is forcing or telling us to always be in action and not slow down. And it's such a simple facet of mindfulness that if you're in these communities, you hear all the time, but just to be reminded sometimes do nothing yeah. is a really nice reminder. Yeah. What's that AA saying? Don't just do something, sit there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Oh, man. That's one of my most. Oh, my gosh. It's what such are you a good one. To? Oh, nothing. I'm like, okay. 
Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> oh, and also wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> I love. Is that John Kevinson? I don't know. Ain't that the truth? Amen. <laughs> when you're here, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Olive Garden. Yeah. When um, I'm gonna have like a housewarming in this uh, place that I'm in now. And I'm not actually even sure I'll be here that long. So it that like the title and the theme of the housewarming is here. <laughs> I like that. Actually, I've thought about this a lot because I have this issue of being in apartments where I'm like, I'm not going to be here for long. So yeah. how much do I want to invest in furniture, whatever? Unpacking. Unpacking. <laughs> no, I, I unpack. <laughs> But I don't, I'm pretty minimalist and I don't like to accumulate a lot of things. But that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with is like, I'm not going to be here for too long. So how much do I invest in the space? goes back to identity. You're yeah. not going to be you for that long. Are we talking about dating right now? Yeah, yeah. I know, right? It's everything. Well, I guess that works too. <laughs> everything I don't even know everything. how much to unpack because I might not even be here that long. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm just gonna leave my stuff in my boxes. <laughs> Pack late. <laughs> oh, Maceo, this was so fun. Okay, I have one more question. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> or a few more. But um, because we, I keep bringing it back. I'm like, we're talking about systems right now on the pod and creators and artists who are maybe looking for a new system because the one that they're using right now isn't working for whatever reason. What do you think is a good way to approach finding your own and new system that works for you when you're kind of feeling like, I don't want someone else's, but... Or like everything else sucks. Yeah. Like nothing's working. Yeah. Ask bigger questions. You know, I think that when we talk about primary skills and why I say designer second after dancer is because... Probably for me, the most valuable skill is systematizing. And even in like the startup world, I think the word scaling is really just a euphemism for systematizing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. SOPs. If you scale without systematizing, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. And so for me, what is the biggest question I can ask? And, and oftentimes the biggest question I can ask is, am I happy? Mm. Yeah. And that's a yes or no question. And so we get often caught up for me, and now I'm, I'm thinking about a new process called zero-point thinking, where in the metamodern age, we are actually training ourselves to find greater and greater and greater nuance and more nuance and more nuance and more nuance to the extent that we end up with a sort of nebulous field of possibility that we don't have the capacity to wade through and make decisions against. Mm-hmm. But... If we can start with a very profound but simple question that we can actually operate against and then use the nuance that we've cultivated to then find our path towards creating the answer, then we're doing a little bit better because we're focusing the clarity around the thing that we care about. And then we're using our frontal lobe, you know, to to get us there. So another simple way to say it is the heart is the engine and the brain is the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And so I say, am I happy? Yes. Then I'm just going to send my ass back down. (laughs) Right. Right. If if the answer is no, even if it's a small one, then the the next logical question, if we want to use linear logic, would be what would make me happy? 
Mm-hmm. And then I have a very simple system that I just talked about, which helps me answer that if I don't come up with an answer, which is eat something, take, take a nap, a nap. <laughs> take a nap, you know, bio, it's a bio check. It's a simple bio check. And then once, once I've done that, then usually by the time I finished eating whatever I was cooking, by the time I finished pooping, by the time I finished whatever the thing is, I have more clarity about because it's just, there makes no sense to think on an empty stomach. No, but you're or also uh, someone who, you don't go too far off the path, like of unhappiness, or the path of happiness, off the path of happiness. I think a lot of people don't even ask that question of themselves, right? Of like, oh, is this life making me happy? Is this path making me happy? Is my day-to-day, my partner, my life, the thing that I've created for myself, does it make me happy? And I think what you're kind of pinpointing is like priorities, Like you have to start with like, well, what matters to me? Like what is my priority or what am I saying is my priority? But actually my time and my energy reflects something totally different because I think that's where there's the biggest mismatch in like contentment for people. Yeah. I mean, I would say a little bit more formally the way that I I break it down if I'm speaking more as like a systems designer, it is going to be a question that has to do with not what is going to provide me the greatest, longest, lasting happiness, because that can be a very difficult question to answer because you don't know who you'll be in 30 years. Absolutely. But what is going to offer me the most immediate and potent happiness? Mm -hmm. And that could be very, very small. So if I'm in the grocery store trying to figure out what I should put in my cart, maybe one thing I should do is, you know, crack open a bag of peanuts while I shop. because just having the proteins and like a little bit of simple sugars in my body are gonna help me think about what I need and remember that there's stuff that at home, oh no, I have two of those in the refrigerator already. I keep buying peanut butter because I keep shopping on an empty stomach. Mm -hmm. And so my body is craving peanut butter even though I have three jars of peanut butter at home. So maybe I should just eat some peanuts while I'm shopping. And then my brain will be like, right, the peanut craving, craving will go away. And then I can think about the, you know, kale or whatever, the produce that I actually need at home. But that would break so many people's brains being like, I can't eat. I can't open something in the grocery store that I'm not allowed to eat that I haven't paid for yet. Like so many people wouldn't solve that problem in that way. You know, like. Yeah, I would just open it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's, you're it's not even it. stealing. It's no, not it's even not. Stealing it's not. Because you haven't left yet. Right. I mean, it's just we're so like accustomed to fitting into systems that aren't designed for like human nature and for curiosity and for otherness, like anything, right? Uh, any that's anything that's an outlier that it's when you first are inside a system that doesn't fit you, it's hard to crack out of it. But then I think once you do, it's like, oh, duh, I know how to break all these things. Like, <laughs> I know the loopholes for all this shit. Yeah. So, not the biggest, most profound need, you know, like, I'm not going to try to solve my like internal loneliness and like feelings of self-doubt and unworthiness on an empty stomach, you know, and like (laughs) probably those things are going to be a lifelong practice anyway. And then the other design thinking thing is like, for me is problems at a certain scale don't have solutions. All they have is processes. Yeah. Mm. So there's just no way to solve the climate crisis with a solution. Right. We solve the climate crisis with new lifestyles, with new processes, with new practices. Man, I just want to solve my problems with solutions, not with habits I have to do every day. <laughs> yeah. So the other ritual is brushing my teeth. It's mm. important. <laughs> brushing your teeth? 
Yeah. And that one is important because it is exactly what Michelle just said. Mm-hmm. It is a reminder that at some point, this is this is also foreshadowing for a design project that I'll launch that I'm kind of talking about here. And this is the first mm-hmm. public platform that I'm announcing. Ooh. But when we learned how to brush our teeth, toothbrush designers and toothpaste designers, chemists, they made they added sh- like sweeteners to the toothpaste. There was blue. There was green. There was glitter. There was, it was the best time. It was a golden age, really, of toothpaste. Right? And it was all designed <laughs> to make dental care fun and exciting and enjoyable for people who didn't understand the importance of dental care. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, to your point that you're not sure how much to invest, your teeth were impermanent at that time. Mm-hmm. So it actually didn't even matter. But what was really important was developing the skill of dental care so that you could have your teeth for your whole life. But later in life, dental care became boring. And then it went the opposite extreme. It became something that we dreaded. Mm. And the way we treat dental care in the United States is exactly the way we treat all of our biggest social problems. We put it off, we put it off, we put it off, we put it off. And then when we go to address it, we have these poorly designed experiences that have to be super invasive because we've put things off so long and they have to be super aggressive. So what if instead of having the, you know, sort of capitalistic troughs and crashes and spikes of the pendulum swing in politics, what if we just argued about small things all the time and developed a practice of generative conflict every day? Mm -hmm. Then we wouldn't have to say, you know, (laughs) I've been thinking. It's like, whoa. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Conflict <laughs> is <flag>. not abuse. <laughs> yeah. Have you read that book, Conflict is Not Ab- Abuse? Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, I love the dental analogy, I have to say. Yeah, that's a really good one because I'm hor- I'm so scared of the dentist. I had a really bad dentist experience growing up. So. I had several too. <laughs> Yours were intense. Yeah. 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 yeah, look out for a toothbrush <gasps> from Maceo and Friends. Oh, hell yes. yeah. Send me, I'm, I'll order 10. <laughs> they look good Nacio how can people find you and the toothbrush when it comes out I'm on Instagram right now I'm getting more and more loose with Instagram and then I'm going to be moving to Twitter I mean uh, to Tumblr no TikTok. TikTok wait I was like we're was just say, going you vintage, have to be vintage, on TikTok vintage. I was just thinking you're going to go so viral yeah, on TikTok yeah. TikTok like, is yeah. you just so, have to be so there. Instagram is going to continue to just it's going to start to be just more fun yeah it's already fun but like I'm I'm not really going to do as much, you know, grid rules or, you know, that kind of stuff there. It's it's actually just going to be like kind of a shit show in like a beautiful way. <laughs> Love um, that. And then I'm going to be like refining a lot of my communications on TikTok. But you can also find me on patreon.com slash Maceo Paisley. And that's where you'll see the friend show. Yes. Mm-hmm. When's that dropping? The next episode of the friend show is actually going to be a Zoom experience. Ooh. It's going to be like a live Zoom experience. So you're going to watch a little snippet of some content. Then we're going to play a game. Then we're going to have a discussion. Nice. Ooh, that sounds fun. And you have a great newsletter too. When you when you write an email, I always read it. Yeah, I'm at like once a month on the newsletter. That's very, very important. If you follow me on Instagram, I normally throw up something like a day before just letting people know I have an email coming out and then they can just drop their email in the, you know, in the, in the response box. And then I add that and then they get it on the list. So it's very good. I'm also very personable 
<laughs> if you were to just come up to me and say, oh my God, Maceo, I'm such a big fan, you would probably respond well to that. The Twelfth House is produced by yours truly, Wallace Miller Blanchard. Our theme music is made by Nathan McKay, and our wonderful editing is done by Softer Sound Studios, who you can find more information about in our show notes.